Hour number three, Darren, Donnick, and Chase on this Wednesday afternoon. Hope everybody's having a good day. Don't forget, as we get prepared to talk in just a moment to Wesley Woodyard, that um, we will have a ton of pregame leading up to kickoff on Sunday. Not the late start this Sunday. Noon kickoff over at Nissan Stadium. But the coverage right here on ESPN 102.5, the game, and I'm not going to read this word for word because clearly Max is, yes, doing the copy. Uh, Max Hers and Calvin Smith will be anchoring the coverage to kick off the first two and a half hours. That'll be from 7 a.m. until 9.30. And then oh, I don't have to get up early. Yeah. It's good. There you go. And then things shift downtown at George Jones on 2nd Avenue where our pregame show will be from 9.30 until 11.30, and that'll be – Jared Floyd Reese and Forever Titan Chris Sanders. Don't forget our own D Mace on Morning Drive. D Mace and Chris Johnson yep. will be the twelfth man for the game on Sunday. Our NFL pregame show is brought to you by Wholesale Inc., powered by RumbleOn.com, Kubota Tractors, Middle Tennessee Kubota Dealers, and Boom Boz, Craft Pizza, and Tap House. Let's head over to St. Thomas Sports Park. The man who had a huge play in the win over the Chargers. On Sunday, Titans linebacker Wesley Woodyard is on the line. Wesley, how you doing? I'm doing great. How about you guys? Hey, you've been doing this. We're doing fantastic. Uh, you've played in a lot of football games, and I suspect some probably some crazy endings <laughs> in your lifetime at every level. Uh, where did that one stack up? Uh, that's that, that's definitely a, a top top three finish, man. You know, I've had some been around some great football games here and then out in Denver as well, but that. That one last week was definitely definitely one for the records and one to remember. No doubt. That's back-to-back years. The finish with the Chargers has been <laughs> exciting, right? right? I know you came up on the wrong end in London last year, but holy cow, they've been fun to watch at the end. Uh, man, without a doubt, man. It's because you get two two teams that, that know how to play the game of football. Uh, we made the playoffs the year before that. The Chargers have been making the playoffs. Uh, a lot of years in the past 10 years so they they know how to win and you know we're just just trying to use this momentum just like they did last year to prepare them into into the playoffs you know this was a pivotal game last year and both of our seasons just like it was this year so we got to use this momentum and ride that on and just keep stacking these dubs uh peel back the curtain for us radio dudes that don't get to experience what you experience every sunday and thank goodness for you guys we're doing this uh Take us through what it's like in the huddle, and as the game is getting close, and the Chargers are right there, and they have first and goal. And I mean, what what are you guys talking about? What's your mindset in the final minute of the game, trying to keep them out of the end zone? Oh uh, yeah, right, right then and there, in that last seconds, man. As players, we're all you know screaming out. We're, we're talking to each other. Hey, be alert for this. Uh, all while we're waiting on a call until we can give over more checks and more more things that we can look forward to. But a lot of guys are calling our plays. I know me, myself, calling our plays or Logan's calling our plays. But more importantly, it's the mindset. And that's something that I can vividly remember hearing me and Kenny and Jarrell, too. Like, it's a mindset. Everything's happened for a reason. You know, they don't have to score. I know that's what I was preaching. You know, every every blade of grass we got to defend. So little things like <laughs> that to try to get your mind ready before the, before the play starts. And then all of a sudden the call comes in. Now we're echoing the call. Now we have to communicate a little bit more. Hey, you need to do this. Hey, drop here. Do this. Do that. And, and it's just little things that get you locked in. And when that play comes, somebody has to go out there and make that play happen. Wesley, we, we were discussing this. And, uh, of course, again, we're sitting where we're sitting on Monday where you can go back through everything. But 
One thing that was an interesting decision at the time was with the runoff coming after the review, right? The, uh, they didn't have any timeouts, but you guys elected to take the timeout. Did did you think that that was a good way for you guys to sort of reset that mentality you were talking about? Because there's an argument the other way, put them in sort of the frenzy, make them have to scramble, but you guys were able to regroup as well. Oh, without a doubt, and and that's a good thing. A lot of people have been asking me, like, hey, did did that mess up the Florida game, uh, timeouts here, uh, penalties here and there? And I'm like, man, actually as a defensive unit, it gives you more time to get your, your thoughts back in order and get your breath. That's the most important thing because they drove the ball down the field. So you're a little bit antsy, a little bit a little bit drained just off of the um, – just off of them making plays, and, and once they they slow the game down, that makes the defensive unit home back in and focus up. And you know that last situation with those time calling timeouts, hey man, it worked out in our favor. We got a chance to get off the field. Big Jeff got a lot of pushback into the backfield. I was able to come off the edge and strip the ball, and you know Jarrell Casey ran away with the goods. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know right away? Wesley? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I knew I knew right away. Um, when, when Jeff, you know, especially looking back on the film, I can give more greater details now. But but Jeffrey got got a lot of push up the middle, which caused him to, you know, change his 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 footwork. So he was going in the a gap, and it made him bounce out a little bit wider. And by doing that, you know, he's trying to put two hands on the ball. So I'm coming off the edge at this time, and and in my mind, I'm like, let me get my hand across him and pull him back away from the goal line. But in doing that, I'm like, oh, there's the ball. So I reach my hand out popped the ball out, and immediately I knew it was a fumble. It was just that if he would have got on top of the ball in the end zone, that would have been a touchdown. So that was what I was worried about. But I saw I hit Jarrell's stomach, and I knew we were in good hands. <laughs> <laughs> there was another thing that was floated out there, and, and Mike Vrabel was trying to go back through all of his thoughts. And, of course, this is a frenzy going 100 miles an hour at the time. But did they float the idea at you guys as a defense to let them score at all? No, not at all. Heck no. Uh, and that's and you guys would not have had anything of that. You guys wouldn't have wanted that either, would you? No, not not at all. It's hey, defend every blade of grass, make them kick a field goal. That's the that's the that's their best outcome that they can get in that situation. They're not winning the game on us, and we're not letting them score, especially not with 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 not not that many timeouts and about thirty seconds left. Heck no, we got to keep them out. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't a no. That was a heck no. Yeah. Just so you know. Uh, just real quick, you brought up Big Jeff. I mean, uh, look, it, anybody that said they knew that's what it would look like the first time out there, they're Pinocchio. <laughs> Give me a break. Now, maybe you guys, because you've been around him watching him work to get to this point, but all of us and fans, give me a break. How could you have seen him having that impact that fast? What about for you guys? I mean, tell us. I mean, what, what did you think you were going to get out of him in his first NFL game? I tell you what, he as from players, he had a short leash because he walked around here this whole time since he since he came back in OTAs and and everything. He talks more trash than anybody. And we were like, you probably you act like a veteran and you haven't even stepped on the football field. So we'd be like, young man, get on the field first. So he 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 definitely earned some stripes and, and opened up some eyes, but. We've been seeing it in practice. Last week he had a, a really good pass rush that, that let people know, let our let our coaches know, hey, he's ready to go in the game. So that's what we need from him, man. That's what he got drafted that high for, to make those impact plays and to k- continue to anchor down the defensive line. Wesley Woodyard is with us, the lumberjack here on Darren, Donick, and Chase. And uh, you got a lot of young linebackers in that room with you, uh, you guys, but Cam Wake comes in as a free agent this year. What have you learned out of him, having, having Cam Wake around? 
man, you know, Cam's a really a really great vet inside the locker room. You know, his his locker is uh. Well, we we switch. We put a we put a, a space in between us. We call that the veteran locker. That's what happens when you get ten plus years. You get a bonus locker to hold over all your your your, your extra envelopes, your junk, all your junk mail that you get sent in, your, your new packages. So, you know, Cam's man, he's he's a competitor, man. You know, coming from Miami, they didn't get a chance to make the playoffs that that many times. If they made it once, I think I think so, maybe one time. But anyway, I say that to say this. You know, he's a guy that comes into work every day trying to practice hard, trying to get everybody better, and he wants to get into the postseason. So he's giving it his all, and I think that's something great that our young outside linebackers need to see, that, hey, here, here's a guy that's played uh, 14 years in the NFL, and he comes to work every day like it's year one. And, and that's all you can ask for a guy coming into a new team, that they continue to do the things that, that got them brought here and continue to pull other people up with them. You're one of the leaders on this defense how much pride do you guys have holding opponents to twenty or less so far this season? It's a it's 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 big for us, man. Uh, that's something that we come out every week and we talk about limit limit the opponent chances to score. If they get in the red zone, make them kick field goals, and that's something that's never going to change, no matter who we play. And 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 la- last week, man, we 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 focused on one of our keys being good on third down and. and and that didn't happen, you know. That was, that allowed the Chargers to stay in the game, and that's something that we got to continue to work on. The third down, and continue to keep make sure guys not score in the red zone and they kick field goals. How nice was it for the offense to to give you guys, you know, put some points up and give you guys a little bit of a cushion to work with? Oh, it was great, man. Um, truly, truly a, a full fledged team effort to pull that that victory off last week, and that's 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 all we need man everybody continue to play hard and play together and play for one another and i don't think anybody will be able to come in between us when it comes to this season man you know the sky's still the limit we have to just make sure we take advantage of the opportunities that we have in at hand and, and this week it's the buccaneers wesley i know you've got to hit the practice field but let me just say this uh everybody loves has loved covering you and talking with you it's conversations like this but let me also say this Keep up the good work in the community, too. Everybody really appreciates what you do away from the football field as well. Oh, man, I appreciate it so much. Hey, you got to get – just like the game of football, you got to go in there and make a play. It's the same thing with the community. You got to go in there and make a play and make something happen for a greater good. Hey, I love it. Hey, go have fun on Sunday. Go get another win, and we'll talk to you down the road. All right, tighten up. All right, that is Wesley Woodyard, Titans linebacker. As the they lumberjack. Hit the practice field, and that was pretty cool. Kind of – I'm just talking – you know, I was getting – yeah, the juice is flowing. Yeah. Heard him talking about just kind of think about watching, but just think about what it's like to actually be in that action. You know, yeah. to be right there as that final minute played out, which was complete. Oh, I'm sure it's it was, a whirlwind, unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting though that that I that nobody even floated to the defense. Hey, uh, thinking about letting him score. I, I no. honestly, when that came up, was I was Monday? very surprised. I, think a defense, I, I never even that I didn't, never I didn't ever think about that. crossed my mind ever. Like, I didn't think about ever that. watching. Like I never thought. I think it came up in the Monday presser. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I mean, I remember the three of us were like, uh, if I, really? where did if, that come? If from? I'm a defensive player, as much respect as I have for my head coach, I'm looking at him, telling him he's number one, and then I'm lining up. <laughs> I, I, there's no way I'm letting them score. Well, you heard him say, heck yeah. no, twice. I mean, it, there's teams, no way. Teams have done it. I know, and and I, I understand there's a strategy to it, but right. when if, you're this defense that has played so well, there's no way you're – And the fact you're, that the you're Chargers going to go can't run the ball yeah. very But they're well. going to go up four. I mean, that's even – That's, gonna a, go that's up a different four. scenario. And 
they had no timeouts left. If they had three and they could milk the clock and kick a field goal to win it. Right. And not kick a field goal to tie it. To me, the situation didn't even apply to that. I I I agree. I I didn't even understand that whole whole narrative that came out. It's been out there this week. I mean – Honestly, I thought he answered it pretty nicely. I, I thought he, you know, he could have said other choice things because I, I never ever thought that watching that game that that never even crossed my mind. Yeah, not no. one like I never had the notion of, you know, they should probably maybe now I'm looking at the clock. Maybe they should just let them score and then try to get it done on offense. No, no, because no I I think I think the way the game ended as crazy as it was, but the defense holding that does more for a team than than anything. Because that right there has been their bread and butter, has been defense. That's why I asked him about 20 or less. I mean, they've done it in every game. So I think that was huge for the morale of the team. I'll also say this. Listen, we've had Wesley Woodyard on before, and I know you guys have talked to him a lot over the years. That is a guy you love to have in your locker room. And 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 I would love to see, as long as he wants to play football, he stays a Tennessee Titan. Because even though he doesn't play every down anymore and – they use him in a different role. He's so important to that locker room. He's a glue room. guy, man. Yep. Every room needs a glue guy. That's a glue guy. And there's a reason he's been a captain, I believe, ever, since every, since he's been in the league, right? Oh, every level. He's yeah. always – I mean, that's just – that's how he's wired. Uh, well, you got a word about the good folks at Lee Company. All right. Let's tell you about Lee Company. Predators playing a lot of home games during this stretch. They've got another one tomorrow against the Minnesota Wilds. So that means – our whole gang will be down there in Smashville again. And all throughout next week, there's three more home games, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. And my point is, Lee Company's a big sponsor of the Nashville Predators. You'll see them around Bridgestone Arena. You'll hear it with our coverage on 102.5, the game of our radio crew. They do a tremendous job in support of the Predators, and they do a great job in our household as well. And I know many of you listening know what I'm talking about. They do a great job with your heating unit, your cooling system, your plumbing and electrical systems as well. And I've been saying it. Last night, you probably had to kick on the heat. And maybe you kicked it on and you're like, ooh, man, it's been a while since I had it checked. It's not working efficiently. It's not working properly. Well, we're just getting started with the cold weather. So call the number that I say every day on the show, 567-1000 for Lee Company. Keep it in the back of your mind, 567-1000. And call now to get your heating unit checked before you get into a crisis situation, because it's going to get more than a little chilly in the coming weeks and months. So Lee Company is a fantastic group because they also offer other programs as well to where you have a yearly system of staying on top of these things. And believe me, I'm one that needs some help in that area. Lee Company has given us that help. 567-1000 for Lee Company, or go online and make an online appointment at LeeCompany.com. Big Jeff got a lot of pushback into the backfield. I was able to come off the edge and strip the ball, and, you know, Jarrell Casey ran away with the good. You want a bag, you get a bag. You need a bag, you get a bag. What's the one yard good stuff from him? Uh, A lot of you, most of you, have been accustomed to hearing Tim Hasselbeck every Wednesday at high noon. He's going to actually have to be moved to tomorrow at 1130. So a little scheduling conflict with Tim Hasselback and uh, just wanted to pass that along. So he will be with us tomorrow at 11.30. Silly Underdog Picks at noon. That should be a lot of fun with Chris Sanders hitting on Vanderbilt. Sure he called he, us all and let us know, yeah, too. He, he called me from Gatlinburg. 
on Saturday. Right, because he and the girlfriend were headed up. Yeah, there. both of them. They were both on the speaker. Phone. What's funny is, did his girlfriend not get on the air and say it wasn't her pick and she yep. didn't think it was a good pick? Yep. But so, they were in Gatlinburg watching the game because of his pick. Uh, so, speaking of Tim Hasselbeck, he was on NFL Live a couple of days ago, and of course they got into this Titans-Bucks matchup at Nissan Stadium at noon on Sunday, and of course the quarterback situation where Jameis Winston was taken number one overall, Marcus Mariota was the second pick after him, and where they both are in year five of their careers. When you look at those two, because we talked about the season sort of as a litmus test, which is more likely to be back with their respective teams? I think it's Jameis Winston. I don't think it's close. And you mentioned a new coach being brought in. Bruce Arians was brought in to try to fix Jameis Winston. I think there was you know, kind of some belief that, that he would get it done. And even though it, he hasn't totally fixed him, there have been moments where you say, okay, hey, this looks better. You know, when you look at the, the situation in Tennessee, look, Marcus Mariota has been benched for Ryan Tannehill. I don't believe that there's a coach there that feels like he can fix Marcus Mariota, which is drastically different than the situation in Tampa. So I think there are some be- that believe that, you know, even without this drastic turnaround, that we will see Jameis Winston again as the starting quarterback in Tampa Bay. Well, I would agree. And I think in Tennessee, once they've made that decision to move on, it just doesn't seem like we're going to see a reversal, a course reversal. Yeah, I'm not sure. And I'm not sure we see Marcus at all this season. So there you go. Some interesting comments from Tim Hasselbeck, who kind of like our discussion with Adam Schefter, you know, you listen to him every week with us. Tim is well-connected. Tim talks to a lot of people. Tim does not go on there and do hot takes on ESPN. He talks to a lot of people. He's well-informed, and I don't know about you guys, but the thing that stood out to me is those comments of their coaches in the building that don't believe they can fix Mariota. Mm-hmm. I, I think the, the interesting thing, because I, I tend to agree, I think they're going to go with Tannehill until the path takes in a different direction. Unless it completely crumbles and falls apart. Which, which you never know. It could happen. But I... I brought up the Riley Neal situation at Vanderbilt. It was so interesting because you would have thought once they made that decision for Mo Hassan that that's it, right? It's over. And then all of a sudden he finds himself right back in there. So Mariota does have to be ready because he's one play away, right? It could happen. Tannehill has plenty of injuries in his career. You never know what can happen. I think, though, what you're getting out of that is Tim is saying – they were basically saying who's got the best chance of coming. That was the question, right? Who's got the best chance of coming actually back? Yeah. And I, I, he said it's yeah. not even close. Well, I think we would all agree, right? But, I mean, I mean, I'm surprised, honestly, that the answer is either one of them. I mean, does, yeah. do we see Winston back in Tampa? Uh, I don't know. I, I wonder. <laughs> do they feel you like think, they can win with do him? You, do you okay. think down there they're saying, well, Mariota's available now? <laughs> well, I no. wonder. And the Titans I, are going, well, maybe we can try Winston. Yeah, I mean that. I don't. Where do they go? I mean, where, where will I they know, go? But don't you think both have, they'll have a job somewhere? Yeah. Just because of the, even if it's a backup job, but where well, will I'll they tell go? You, one of them would land. It, it, okay, let me throw one out. That's a good question. Doesn't Cincinnati? Do you think they're like ready to move on? Like it's time. Of right? course, the red rifle. No question. It's time to move on. I could see three picks on Sunday. Marcus. I mean, Andy Dalton. I could see they're ready to move. Of on course, the next chapter. I could see that being a fit. So for Marcus. One, I could see that for Winston. Either one, but AJ Green and Tyler Boyd and some sure. of their receivers. Yeah, Nixon the, the in the backfield. That, the thing that I think you you have to wonder about, and you can apply this here, is with Tim throwing out what he said about that he thinks there could be coaches in the building that 
don't think they can change Marcus. They can't fix him. Did Bruce Arians go into the job in Tampa? Because he was retired. We know about the health issues. He he was he could have been done. Did he go into that job going, all right, I truly believe that I can make Jameis Winston the the franchise quarterback for the Tampa Bay Bucks? Or was the conversation, hey, I'll give it a shot for a year, but then you have to let me do what I do and, and get my guy it's if a it great doesn't question. work. I, it's a fantastic question. So I, was that the I same question with Vrabel and Arthur Smith and those inside the Titans and John Robinson of, okay, we're surrounding him with weapons, the best team that he's had. We give it a year, one more year on the contract, and then Amy Adams Trunk, if it doesn't work, you let us move on. Yeah, it didn't feel that way because of uh, you've heard me bring this up, kind of the snarky remarks that Mike Vrabel said at the the first press conference, basically poking fun at the last staff. That doesn't sound, that sounds like a staff that's saying, "Hey, we can fix this guy." They couldn't do anything. And maybe with they him, thought that, but maybe we. Why wait till you see what we do with him? That's what it feels like. And now, truthfully, maybe, I now thought maybe, that. Maybe now, in fairness, maybe that's because it was Matt Lafleur. Mm-hmm. I thought Matt Lafleur with his background and who he's worked with, could come in here and make Marcus Mariota better. I thought that. Matt Lef- Aaron Rodgers is on an MVP pace. Yes. Okay. With Matt LaFleur. With no with his star receiver out. Marcus Mariota threw eleven touchdowns last year with Matt LaFleur. Right. Who's now the head who got a head coaching job. And we loved dealing with Matt LaFleur, but I mean I'm gonna be the first. I'm not gonna be a phony about it. I was like, he is not getting the Packers job. Okay. It's not time He'll get his time to be a head coach one day. It's not now, and I, clearly I was wrong. And, and right now they're off to a great start. They're the favorite going into Kansas City, even though the word is Mahomes is practicing. Yeah, is he going to play? No, it's just like he's, he's not playing. Come on, right? No, I no think way. he's just able to do some things. Was it's the, the too bad? Like how big would that game be if it was Mahomes, a healthy Mahomes? versus Aaron Rodgers, right? That would be the game of the week. Yeah. Monster ratings. But it's Coach not Andy be- Reid said Chiefs quarterback Pat Mahomes would throw some today and the team would see if he could do more in individual drills. More than individual drills. So they're just I guess to answer your question about here, I think that they went in going and this is just obviously my opinion, just trying to read the room. Mike Vrabel went in like, yeah, that I they didn't they didn't know how to use him correctly. We will we'll do this and we'll do that. Like I said, I always reference, because I, I thought it was, I, I didn't think you needed to go down that road. First of all, you don't Not you got the, the job, conference. man. You, you don't need to be making fun of the last staff. And, and by the way, you haven't done a better job than the last staff with Mario. No, he has. So there was no reason to throw those little jabs at them. But I, that sounds like somebody that's saying, hey, I can, we'll be better with him. It doesn't sound like somebody like, he's got a year or he's out of here. It seems like. But a, that's this year. He's been here two years now. Yeah, I understand when he, that. When he took the job, okay, should he have said it in the press conference? No, because you're you're setting yourself up. But when you're in the interview with John Robinson and Amy Adams Strunk, hell yeah, you say that because that's why you're trying to get the job. Of course, no question about that. It. Is the attitude you have to have of yeah, you you got rid of that guy, you got rid of that guy because he wasn't getting the job done. Well, don't think John Robinson didn't take the general manager job knowing that he had to keep Mike Malarkey. Wasn't right. his choice, right? If you accepted that job, you had to have Mike Malarkey as the coach. That's coming from the owner, okay? Yeah, it wasn't of hey, you know, if you if you want, you know, if you want to go, you want to hire your guy. No, no. If you want to be the general manager here, you will have Malarkey as your coach. And she fired Wizenhunt because of the quarterback. 
because she felt that he was going to get the quarterback hurt. Yeah, I know. So now, did things change after a year of Mariota? I'm sure they had the, oh, oh, because they right. went out and acquired Ryan Tannehill. I'm sure that was the conversation of Robinson and Vrabel going, mm, yeah, we need to, we need to have some a better plan. Behind Mariota, one, he's always hurt, and two, is there somebody that could maybe we could get more production out of? Now, when we were tossing things around, I said I could see Winston in Cincinnati. That would be an interesting fit. I, You said Mariota. I think Mariota, honestly, if Bridgewater were to leave and parlay this into a Nick Foles, Case Keenum moment where he lands a starting gig somewhere, uh, Marcus as a backup in New Orleans with – Peyton? Yeah. Although, you know what? They may be saying, we're going to keep Bridgewater around and he's just going to be the the next guy, the incumbent to I, Drew Brees. I think there are two really good fits. If you if he wants to try and have another shot of just reviving his career and, and everything, go back up Mahomes in Kansas City, work with Andy Reid for a year. I think that would do wonders for him. And then Philadelphia. That's another, I mean, what, Kansas Doug City, Peterson. that's a good... Yeah. But, but work with Doug Peterson. Yeah. Yeah, those are all those are good good choices. I, I just I feel like for his the, the whole confidence conversation, he needs to go into it and I know no quarterback wants to do this, but he needs to go into it and say, you know what, I I'm gonna go be a backup. That's probably the best case scenario. And go to a really good coach that you can learn a lot from. Because that's been you know, it that's been his problem. He's just he's he's learned different things from different style coaches. Wizenhunt tried to make him something he wasn't and i've even heard people throw out does he go to la and back up rivers i i don't i don't think going back to wizenhunt is what he what he needs to do because wizenhunt tried to make him something that he wasn't he tried to make him like a philip rivers and that's not marcus so i think it would, he's in the position that he's in in some cases because of that so andy reed andy reed is the quarterback whisperer you know doug peterson has shown he's he's pretty good at it too and even Frank Reich, if you want to throw that in there, in Indianapolis. There are options for him to try and revive his career. Just thought that was interesting that Tim Hasselbeck said, these coaches in Nashville, they don't believe they can fix Mariota. Mm-hmm. I think I I could see there being truth to it. Definitely. Well, I think at this point, the, the, the writing, it's pretty evident, right? I don't think that was any earth-shattering thing. Like I, I think you're beyond trying to fix him. I think it's basically... If we have to play him again, can we just we just have to deal with that when we get there? Let's just, let's just concentrate on getting the best out of Tannehill at this point. I mean that that's pretty obvious at this point, don't you think? Yeah, I, I agree with that. And obviously I think they they've made their assessment. They were obviously okay, desperate at this point, too. They needed we're a win. not in a mode of hey, there's still another level there. Let's find it. It's kind of like okay, we've tried. Yeah, let's try something else. Yeah, I would agree. I want to talk to all the men out there. I've been telling you for years. About my friends over at Cool Springs MD, and they know a lot of you out there have started to seek help for hormone deficiencies and imbalances. And Dr. Jeffrey Lodge is the board-certified physician over there who is front and center on that quest and helping you as we all get older. His wife, Daphne Lodge, is the registered nurse. Their experienced staff want to give you men out there the treatments that are required to improve your quality of life, and I hope you want that like I do. And their services have already helped a ton of you here in the Middle Tennessee area and the surrounding areas with improving your immune systems, your energy levels, your cognitive function, and so much more. They're there to connect you with the medical care you require to have a healthy 
an enriched life. There's no better time to achieve that healthy lifestyle than right now. What are you waiting for? Make that appointment by dialing 615-660-6900. That's 660-6900. Or you can always visit their website, coolspringsmd.com. I guess we've got a theme going today. Chris Mason, Willie's partner in the television booth, joins us every Wednesday at 1 o'clock. So we'll kick off the fourth and final hour with C-Mace. Looking I went up and saw him last night. Went up to the booth. Made yeah. sure everything was good. Yeah. That was nice to see Chase walk up there. Yeah. Pay a do little you, visit. Do you know why he did that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was quick. Yep. Well, okay. Mace... Mace sees me and he goes, "Oh, constable, are we do we have citations or what's going on? You don't well, come up here a lot." And I'm like, "Ah, just patrolling, patrolling." You knew you had to, you had to basically hand deliver a message. I had to ask Willie a question, yeah. and there are only so many times during a game that you can ask Willie a question. It, w- it so. needed to be in person. Yeah, yeah. So I did, yeah. but I saw Mace in the process, so it was good. Looking dapper, just, just a, yes. That was a quick, that was a, quick <laughs> a quick snapback. Now, one of the things, so we're going to get into uh, what happened last night. Fantastic game at Bridgetown, where the Predators just absolutely mauled the Ducks last night, six one. So we're going to get into all that. But also, last night was Game One of the World Series in Houston. I saw JJ Watt and his fiance there in attendance. They had good seats. Hmm. It's good to be JJ Watt. It's great to be uh, J.J. Watt. Okay, let me say that again. It's got it's a lot of great. Pull. It's great to be J.J. Watt. It's got a lot of, a lot of things going for him. In yes, the city of he Houston. He does have a lot of things going for him. Um, they were at the game. And if you've ever heard us talk about anything to do with baseball and young stars, we've talked about baseball needs to get with the times and lock up these young guys. How many times have you heard me bring up Juan Soto? That cat is ridiculous. He's 20. It's part of the reason why they stood firm on their offer to Bryce Harper and basically said, this is what we're going to offer you, and if you want to leave, okay, because we feel like we can survive, and they have survived and then some. Then thrived. Yeah. Now the question is for the Nationals. Of course, hey, if you win the World Series, it's all good regardless. But You're right. Anthony Rendon is now the guy that they have to – invest in but Soto is off the charts good that was an incredible home run last night he opposite so field to the railroad tracks fun to watch that guy that kid I mean he's a young man but 20 man, years old 20 couldn't even go out last night and enjoy it legally <laughs> <laughs> technically I mean technically. as I said legally doesn't mean that he, he didn't go out or didn't but I'm just saying legal listen it's a remarkable run by the Nationals, and it's really been Rendon and Soto that have been the horses in the middle of the lineup that have gotten so many big hits, not just in the playoffs, but in the regular season. They they have picked up the slack for not having Harper in the middle of it, and then, of course, the starting pitching. So last night, the Nationals put a lot of eggs in winning that. Once they yep. had an opportunity to win, they went all in to get that. Corbin they got in. it. Yeah, they used Corbin. They used all their relievers. Yeah. They started going to the well right. in the seventh inning, and they lived to tell about it. Also, the thing that jumped out at me, and I, I didn't get to see anything but the last few innings. I saw a lot of the recaps of the game, but George Springer, that was a Ronald Acuna. 
I mean, yeah. I, George Springer is a great player, but in the World Series, to have that happen, it just shows you the little things mean so much. The situation is there's one out in the eighth inning. You're down by two. He hits a ball off the wall that absolutely should be a triple. If he's sprinting, he's a fast runner, he's a center fielder. But he did the Sammy Sosa, Ronald Acuna. I think it might be gone, and I'm shuffling, yeah. and I'm not running. What? How can you do that in the World Series? I don't get it. And he doesn't have a reputation of loafing or something, but these habits of you just assume the ball's going out, where does that come from? Yeah. I guess well, the ball does go out most of the time, I think the way the home new, runs are being hit, but this is a World Series, hitter. man. If you're on third with one out as the tying run, that is huge in terms of a difference between being on second and being on third with one out. With the sacrifice fly, there's so, so many ways you could score with one out if you're on third. That's the tying run. That is That was a big, big mistake. Yeah. May, and it may have cost him. I mean, it, it, who knows how the series will go from here, but. It, it's crazy. I know it's only one they, game. They might be good enough to. To win the World Series anyway, yeah. even after losing that game, but well, it's not like you lose the first game, you're doomed. I mean, right? But but still, it's the World but, Series. But, got, right? but, but the, it puts more me, pressure sin- on them tonight. Well, the significance is they beat Cole, and as we talked about yesterday, yeah. he hasn't lost since May. May twenty second. I mean, that that's there is some significance to that. Is nobody thought the Astros were going to lose with Cole on the mound, and they did. Yeah. And if you beat them, you're thinking Scherzer's going to outdo them one nothing or two one. Right. Right. They got they got some runs off of Cole. Hmm. Yeah, so I look. I I would, I would guess that Houston ties it up tonight. I mean, one would think with Verlander going up against Strasburg, but the Nationals just aren't going away. Hey, Strasburg, he can dominate. Yeah, he I mean, can the, dominate. The Nationals are showing everybody like, oh yeah, you you wrote us off and didn't think we were supposed to be here. They beat the Dodgers and now they're up one game to to nothing on the Astros. So here's the mystical thing too, and I don't. Who knows? But the whole thing about the clubhouse and the assistant GM, yeah. I do wonder if that, the karma of that, the whole Osuna thing, it's not Osuna's Has fault. Has it been good for front offices in the city of Houston when it comes to the sports franchises no. here like in the that last was, couple of weeks? They bungled that like you would no, believe. It it's, a, it's one thing for the guy to shoot off at the mouth in a very irresponsible way. But the double whammy is that they tried to cover it up and like, hey, this is this is an article that didn't happen like that. And the media rallied and said, "Oh no, oh yeah, she's telling the truth. I was there. I saw it. It was just as bad as she described it. It happened exactly that way." And they had to then do a turnabout and say, "What well, do you think? What I do apologize. you think happens? So there has to be fallout. I mean, there. Well, has I just to wonder be. if anybody will hire that guy as a GM now." Right, and he was that was a big. He was way up on the list. Big notch right? against. He was. He was. Well, would have to the, think. Well, and it should good. It should. Yeah. If that happened, it should cost him. I mean, and then the what PR, a, the PR what a, staff. Too. What an idiot! Like, how can that guy be? You know, a guy that people are saying, "Hey, he's getting ready to get his shot to be the next." I mean, what a moron to do that! I got to be honest. That that is just so idiotic in today's climate. Ever, but I mean, but now yeah. especially to, to do something like that. I mean. He, and to think that that guy is what other teams were revering as, hey, he's gonna, he's gonna be a GM here soon, really, mm. acting like that, uh, I wouldn't want him running my franchise. Because it, here's here's what I think. I I don't think, like on on the surface, you'd say, well, what does that have really to do with how the players go about their business or the fans? 
But doesn't that just give you an icky feeling when one of if your guys you are does a that? General manager, there, there's more than just picking players or drafting players or signing players. Oh yeah, uh, but I mean, you're representing an organization. But oh, I agree. But let, but I'm just talking about for this World Series, right? You just put a, an icky feeling on everybody's mind that is sitting there. Now maybe maybe nobody's thinking about it, but I don't know. If I'm an Astros fan, I just I could I have to be very disappointed when I see that. Like and just that's one remember, of our guys. And to remember like the the backlash and what people were saying when they made that signing to get through all of that and there hasn't been any issues. No. And then you do that. And that was kind of the point of the article is you know, it's never going away. It's always going to be there. So, we'll see. I mean, we'll I mean you, you, maybe maybe the Nationals just have that it, you know, where the the bounces go their way. That's part of baseball. The mystical side. Looks like the Cubs have found their man. Mm-hmm. Looks like uh, it's going to be who we thought all along. I, I thought it, they'd gone away from him because it's like it was David Ross, David Ross, David Ross, David Ross, David Ross, and then it got quiet. Then you didn't hear anything about David Ross, and then you started hearing all these other candidates, and I'm like, oh, well, I guess the David Ross thing that we all just thought was – De- like Joe, Ma- right? Like Madden no to the Angels was the no-brainer. It's like okay, done. It happened, and so it's been quiet for a while. And I'm like, well, I guess it's not Ross. Like he, we he all just, suspected, he looks like the classic former catcher that would make a great manager. Yeah, well, There's just he just looks like he'd be perfect. Well, he's got the job now. Well, and he's following a trend too that he retires and does what? Go to the booth. Go to the booth. Does TV, and then he gets a managerial job. Yeah. Gabe Kepler did it. Aaron Boone has now done it. David Ross. I mean, yeah. it, it seems to be a a theme. Is A Rod next? Although I would say that you <laughs> uh, know, for so. all this that you know, catchers there has been a good little run on. There has not been a good run on catchers to manager. Brad Osmus, like Thene, Girardi got fired. I mean, yeah, Girardi. Bart, yeah, but Girardi won a, World won a lot of games. Agreed. I I didn't say I agreed yeah. with, him, but he got fired. Yeah, but. They were in the. They went to the playoffs and he got fired. Right. Is he going to be I the Mets next over, manager? Over time, take a look at all of the ex catchers who have gone on to be managers for a long time. Bochi, Girardi. I mean, you can just the, the list goes on for a long. The Garrett, you know, Bob Garrett. I mean, there's a there's a ton of them. Lance, Melvin, Lance Parrish, yeah, in the minors. Where is Lance? He's still I don't know. In the I, he was here. I know. We used to deal with Mike him all Socha. the time, and we then he was check on that. Check in then on he him. went away to go do a minor league team, a yeah. single A up in Michigan. No, double I think. A was a double A. I think so. Yeah. And I haven't heard anything since. So I don't know. We'll have to check on this. Socha was a catcher too, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. We'll come back, wrap up the third hour, and give you a chance to win something on the other side of Darren Donick and Chase, ESPN one zero two five. The game. A little Duran Duran bringing us back. Nashville SC on the pitch over First Tennessee Park. First round of the USL playoffs this Saturday. Tickets are now available at NashvilleSC.com. Would you like to go? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, 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 definitely, yeah, definitely. My boys in gold. All right, you answered yes. Caller 4, 737. 1025-615-737-1025. Caller 4. You'll win a pair of tickets to see Nashville SC. First Tennessee Park. First round of the playoffs this Saturday. Another chance to win this afternoon on Jared and the GM.
So good luck. We're going to talk to Chris Mason at 1 o'clock. It was a lot of fun last night as the Predators beat up on the Ducks. Always good. Oh, yeah. What was interesting is Cal Granlin came up last night for postgame in Barrow House. We were just kind of asking about how chippy it got in the third period, especially when the Predators were doing so well. And was this just because the Predators kind of had their number last night and things were getting out of hand? Or was it because there's still kind of that bitterness between these two teams? And what do you think his answer was? Still some bitterness. He said that was the talk in the room. Still guys Mm -hmm. saying, hey, it's (laughs) the Ducks, man. I brought that same thing up to Dante Fabro. And he he paused, and I'm like, you haven't been here. I mean, you right, you weren't right. a part Granlin of this. Either. Gra- right. Granlin hasn't either, but he was saying, but the guys in the room were definitely talking about, yeah, this and, matchup and because of the past. Fabro said it came up that it was brought up, and you know, it wasn't the focus, but it was definitely brought up that hey, this is a rivalry game. You know, there have been a lot of battles between these two teams, and so I think when you we always talk about confidence. With the Preds and the penalty kill, you know, they had the shorthanded goal. That was huge last night. But to beat them 6-1, that's going to give them a lot of confidence and momentum moving forward. I saw a blend in the Ducks' feel, which is I watched. They're trying to play differently. They're taking more chances offensively. They have a new coach. They're trying to change with the times. They're trying to move out some of the older players. Not as bring much in of the dark young- arts. But they still have those guys who do the dark arts. You know, Nick, well, they Nick don't Ritchie, have Ryan freaking Kessler. No, no, but but Nick Ritchie, who is sort of a lesser known guy, is still the guy that, and he got the misconduct at yep. the eight. He, yep. you know, he, who was it? It was it Holzer that flipped the puck at Arvidsson. Mm-hmm. You know, Arvidsson was clearly getting under their skin. And yep. hey, Victor Arvidsson is going to try to sell calls. Right when he gets knocked over, he goes down. I think it's debatable sometimes from the other team's perspective. Hey, did he really? Should he have really gone down? And he's not alone. There's a lot of players that are just good at that, right? Mm-hmm. And he's going to stick his nose in there, and he is not going to stop doing what he does. And it was clearly frustrating the Ducks once the score got out of hand, and then they just tried to start taking it out on him. He must have drawn three or four penalties last night, and it got it got a little nasty at the end. And Manson is obviously known for his big hits. Yep. He had three last night. I was looking to see that. Well, they still have Getzlaff. He's a tough, yeah, hard-nosed guy. Was, Manson is. He was Getzlaff was a little yeah. well, he's always, there in the third period. Sure. You could tell he was Kasha's Kasha is a big physical off. player. By the way, how about the save on Kasha? You know, that was by Pekka. I would say this. If you didn't see the game last night, or you just maybe watch the third period and you say, well, better just blew him out. It's a little misleading, the 6-1, to one, because the chances and the shots and the analytics, I think, were even at best at a certain point in the game and maybe leaning towards the Ducks. The Predators scored a 5-on-3 goal. Mm-hmm. They scored a goal where Colton Sissons comes out of the box and the puck comes right to him. He goes down and scores. By the way, Hal Gill, Skills, he told a great story because I asked him about coming out of the box, the <laughs> art of coming out of the box, and he clipped himself once and fell onto the ice. <laughs> With the puck coming his way? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Colton Sissons did not do that. No, he did not. Night. No, he, ta- he played he did, perfect. He did exactly what you're supposed to do. Uh, but Pekka Rene made 
five or six outstanding saves. He saved a breakaway on Kasha that you just referenced, Darren, a, a penalty shot, yep. uh, a couple of two-on-ones. I mean, he he made some some great saves in tight with traffic all around him. Uh, the fact that the tight, the the uh, Predators were up three nothing, four nothing, it could have easily swung a different way. But they were very opportunistic against a goalie that hadn't given up anything all year long, and Rene was was very very sharp. So good win, very good win. And he and has the, been. And the bet the best part about the game to me was once Getzlaff scored, Anaheim still playing. They're like, hey, we've done some good things here. We shouldn't be down four nothing. And boom, we got 30, one. Thirty seconds later, goodbye. Uh, they didn't get a shot the rest of the night. Yeah. Really? Anaheim did not after have a Getzlaff, shot on goal. After the Getzlaff goal, that was it. That was four minutes into the third. Didn't have another shot. The final 16 minutes? Nope. Oh, yeah. wow. Zero. Look, I, I think... 11 nothing, and the and the Predators just closed the door, slammed it shut. Yeah, and I think this this is probably the most complete game they've played all season. By the way, I, I that's something that did jump out of me. I, I thought it was... A lot of times you see, you know more keep away trying to just yeah. stall take time up i i loved the push constantly yeah. the predators were still pressing the action in the third yeah. and they're they are in control they are it's five one six one and they are still pressing well, they, i, I they loved were, that i thought they were more the counter-attacking team for the first yeah. period and a half and they least. weren't when they had the big lead i know that's right. what was interesting yeah uh so you heard peter laviolette after the game sort of say there's still plenty for us to work on defensively that's still something they want to keep working on and I heard a coach say it I think it was the um, I think it was Cassidy the Bruins coach I was watching the well, NHL forget, network he said they got a penalty shot too we didn't even talk yeah. about that I mean the game to your point the game could have been totally different they had, yeah, that, had the Kasha breakaway you had a penalty shot oh, that, yeah. they didn't that penalty get. on Yannick Weber that was bad too bad call you mean yeah, no I mean he well it was the tur- the turnover he's yeah, just like turnover. basically yeah it was going I, I'm going to do whatever right it well, yeah the it. puck it was the puck he got handcuffed and then it was a right. worst case scenario but pekka erased the mistake sure but just the overall number of odd man rushes that's still something that the predators are working on but cassidy for for boston said nothing's going to be perfect in october that was a good that's statement fair. i think that most coaches would say you're still ironing out making your pieces fit working on your systems and over time it it should get better Although I, but there's still plenty looks, to work out he looks pretty good in october well, it doesn't mean people aren't making he's, great plays. I'm talking more goals. of your team, your team role definition, your team structure. We could talk to Mace about this. The Bruins look good last night. They've looked great. Okay, so they've looked good in October. Oh yeah, six one and two. I think Cassidy's trying to play possum. No, I think he's saying you can do well, but there's there's stuff to work on. There's plenty well, of stuff the, to work on. Well, the bottom line on. is... I think the Predators have looked good for the most part, but there's plenty to work on. Is it fair to on. say you don't win or lose anything in October? True? In a hockey season? I, I'd say Usually. that's true. Right? All right, we'll you can back. dig a hole. Well, yeah, you can definitely... That's the Blues last year. They, they dug a hole. wasn't just October. We'll come back. Chris Mason to kick off the fourth and final hour. And by the way, congratulations to... Derek. Derek was lucky caller four. Derek, go have fun. Nashville SC, First Tennessee Park on Saturday. Another chance to win this afternoon on Jared and the GM. Fourth and final hour next.